hit the record button. <laughs> uh, I'm sitting here, I'm hitting the button, I'm hitting the button, I'm hitting the button, I'm like, oh, Jesus. <sighs> Anyways, welcome to the show, guys. I see things a little differently. This is the last show, Wednesday show of the year, and we're here. After our review month, this is the final year in review. We're talking about our top 10 matches of 2023. Let's hit the honorable mentions first. We have the Usos versus Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa at Money in the Bank. This is the first time Roman Reigns has been pinned in over three years, and Jey Uso is the one that pinned him. I thought this match followed the same kind of flow a lot of Roman Reigns matches has had, but I still think in that last eight to nine minutes, it picks up really, really well, but just a, a nice good win, and I didn't see that coming. You know, I didn't see Reigns being pinned, but it was to set up SummerSlam and the future of the Bloodline stories. Number two of our honorable bull mentions out of three, we have Athena versus Willow, the main event of the paper of what what's pay-per-view was it? Death Before Dishonor. They main evented and it was a fantastic main event. I think they went thirty something minutes. And Athena retained. Willow will eventually see. You know, I I know where the story's going. And and I say I know where the story's going. Like I work for the damn company. I feel like I know where the story's going. However, here's the thing. If they were to if they were to pivot and give Athena the I mean Willow that women's world championship, I'm not trying to add and um I'm not trying to say I need Willow off of AEW television because that's what she would be, but that wouldn't be a bad idea because she's faced her twice and lost twice. That's a monkey she would need to get off her back, and they and they would have a great match in doing it. So, <clears throat> number three, this one I had on the list at first, and then I saw a match in November and said, "Up, oh, that has to take a spot." And as I looked up and down. I said, there's only one spot to take. And I, I so I just had to take it off. But Collision, Kenny Omega challenging MJF for the World's Heavyweight Championship. This was a match that was set up two days prior because Kenny Omega wanted to stop MJF from breaking his record. And he could not do it. He got, he lost. And so this was, but this was a fantastic television match. And the fact that he gave away on free television they had to because that was a story, but it was fantastic. Now, let's hit the list. <clears throat> From Bound for Glory 2023. Yes, the TNA match is on here. Will Ospreay versus Speedball Mike Bailey. I thought these two had a fantastic match. Um, here's the thing. Speedball is, is a very underrated person because he, he he works for TNA. TNA does not get that many eyeballs aside of diehards. I know who Mike Bailey is, because, Speedball, is because... I watch TNA from time to time, and he's one of the reasons I watch. Him, Grace are the main reasons I watch. And now Trinity as well. <clears throat> and Mickey James. But these two went out there, stole the show. If you can get if you can get your hands on that, on that on that about to say tape, Jesus Christ, how old are you? <laughs> if you get your hands on that that footage, you need to watch it. Number ten. I'm going back and forth. That was number ten, but number nine, excuse me. Trish Stratus in her first and last ever steel cage match versus Becky Lynch at Payback. In a very, we just spoke about this last week, in a very lukewarm feud. 
<coughs> in a very lukewarm food feud, it ended with a bang. And let me tell you something. I thought that like I was not looking. Hold on a second. Sorry guys. I knew it was gonna happen. I I did not know what to think, but I was highly underwhelmed. I don't necessarily need to see a Trish Stratus match or a Lita match or whatever. I don't I don't need to. I'm just not. It's just it's not on my bucket list, right? Um, but when people want to come back and they're still in good shape and they're embarrassing themselves, why not give them the chance? And especially if they're putting over the the, the younger talent. Just wanted to have steel cage match. She got it. She wanted to be in Money in the Bank. She got it. And she showed how you can stick a landing. That is the word for the rest of the, for the, rest of the year with this show or term. She showed how you can stick the landing and make people forget about everything else. Because, as I said, this feud was lukewarm. And then all of a sudden, this match happens. And boy, oh boy, they ended with a bang. FTR versus Bullet Club Gold. Collision. Two out of three falls. These two teams... Had two matches. This match that was for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. At the time, FTR were the World Tag Team title title holders. They went a full, if you include entrances, it was an hour. But they went about 58 minutes, I believe. And the first fall didn't lap until like the first 25 minutes. Bullet Club Gold Guide. And then FTR had to struggle to get their last two. This match was fantastic. FTR's... FTR did not have a this this year for FTR wasn't as strong as it was in 2022. It was still a strong year, like the, the, but here's the thing: the year in 2023, or excuse me, 2022, that's gonna be one of the greatest runs in a year of all time. Because Dax was putting together classic singles matches while they end up finding great dance partners in the Briscoes. That is just that was just um. They started off this year, they were on vacation, essentially. Took a break. Came back, beat the guns for the World Tag Team Championships, and then they just went on a run until they got dominated by Ricky Starks and Big Bill. But holy crap, that this match, to me, is one of those matches where if you wonder why they re-signed with AEW, this is why. I don't think they could have this kind of match in WWE. Not nowadays. You know? But that's just me. This is the match I had to replace... Cause I just it just happened. We all we're all thinking it. Swerve Strickland, Hangman Adam Page. This death match full gear. It's funny. I wrote this list and I legit wrote this list and said, hmm, I guarantee you a match is gonna happen between now and then, and it's gonna be hard to to to, to make something go on. So I said, but whatever, I'll risk it. Wrote the effing list and saw this and said, oh. This is, by, without a doubt, the most violent match in AEW history, and it needed to be. It got personal when Swerve broke into Hangman's house. Air quotes, I'm doing air quotes, you can't see me doing air quotes. And they did what they were supposed to do. But this should lead to him becoming, I pray and I hope, Tony Khan keeps this one. Because he kept Swerve, he kept Swerve on TV. Once Swerve got on TV, he kept Swerve on TV. And so it's clearly they're clearly high on Swerve. He shouldn't be winning no international championship. He should not be fucking winning a TNT championship. I am advocating for this guy to be the one to dethrone MJ. Said it, I'm sticking to it. Next up, Carmelo Hayes versus Dragonoff. They had three matches. The match I'm talking about is the first match. The only thing that say mar it was 
there was some interference. But if you technically think about it, they didn't really have three, three clean matches. There's interference or traction, and we're going to air quotes again, in two of the three matches. But this, these, putting these two together, look here, Dragunov is like the heart of NXT. This guy, he's a former NXT UK champion, was the guy to dethrone the ring general in Walter. This guy dethroned Carmelo Hayes. This, this guy, when he gets called up to the main roster, he will have a hell of a babyface run chasing the championship because he can get people behind him. He can get people to feel his uh, desire, his hunger. He is going to be a top babyface. I'm more than willing to put money on that. Next up, you have All In, Brian Danielson versus Ricky Starks. Speaking of violence, Brian comes back after breaking his forearm two months later as a surprise because then CM Punk got fired. As a surprise, he comes back to a strap match, which was supposed to happen with Ricky Starks and CM Punk. After Ricky the Dragon Steamboat suggested that he gets whipped by Ricky Starks. And these two beat the hell out of each other. And Brian only wins because Starks passes out. But it was a moment, you know. And now he's gotten some AEW gold for it. And you know what? With WWE being interested in Ricky Starks, here's my thing. Unlike Swerve Strickland, I don't know what you do with, with, with Ricky Starks. I think the tag team with him and Big Bill, it was clearly kept him heel for a reason. The tag team with him and Big Bill, it's kind of a weird deal. And so, Ricky Starks should definitely be on TV, definitely getting pushed. I just don't have, I've thought about this, I don't have an idea of where to go with his character. Because you would think after a moment like that, he would be babyface. But they kept him heel. We'll never know the real plans. These were all written, because CM Punk was supposed to be the one to wrestle him. Who knows how that was all going to work out. But either way, Stark showed something in this match, and I would not be surprised. Not wishing this, but I wouldn't be surprised if Starks was a uh, WWE bound, especially since he's close with Cody. I cheated on this one. We're going to combine matches one and two. Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay, the New Japan U.S. Championship. We're talking about Wrestle Kingdom, and we're talking about Forbidden Door. They were two different matches, but they were both great matches. We saw Tiger Driver 97s. We saw Bloody Will Ospreay, excuse me, get carried out by Aussie Open. We saw Will Ospreay lose the United States Championship all to get it back again. Um, look, we even though we're not getting part three, which with him signing with AEW, that's going to come in due time. We don't need to worry about that. But with us not getting it, I think we should just appreciate the matches for what they were and the fact that these were for a championship and these men put their bodies on the line. This was the first time we saw Kenny Omega, the big best bout machine in a long time. And so, and now with the Young Bucks breaking away again and the Elite have now disbanded again, essentially, we're going to get back to Kenny Omega being a singles character mainly. So that's cool. Brian Danielson makes a list again, second and last time. Brian Danielson versus MJF Revolution Iron Man match. So this was personal because MJF is the one that took William Regal out. And so this became personal and he had to, Brian had to run run the gauntlet. And he ran the gauntlet all to get this one hour match. And then they ended up having to go into overtime where Brian had to tap out in order to preserve uh, his, his, his future with his kids. What a story that they told. 
I thought this was a fantastic match. It's also our last AEW match on this particular show, but uh, but I thought this was a great way to start their pay-per-view year. Number two, for the Intercontinental Championship, WrestleMania 39, Sheamus, Gunthar, Drew McIntyre, these three men beat the holy hell out of each other, and I loved every second of this. This is just, even though so many people thought that Sheamus should have won here, the, it's clear their plan was to always break the Honky Tonk Man's record. And I think once Sheamus would have won, it wouldn't have, I think at that point, what do you do with it? He, he finally wins the belt he hadn't won. I think that's what their mindset was. And so, I, I actually think this was the right call having Gunther retain. And these three men just showed, you know. I will say this, it's very interesting that we still we, we have heard rumors that Drew McIntyre's contract's coming up. And has he re-signed? We don't know. We haven't heard anything. He, we know he's in the middle of a heel turn. And I'm curious to see where this goes. Because I don't think... TNA's already shown, already promoted this guy, pushed this guy to the moon. He has a history in TNA, so that wouldn't be surprising. I just don't think AEW would be a good fit. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. I, I, I get asked about this all the time. I don't think he's going anywhere. But at the same time, like they said, his biggest issue is creative issues. That's a big issue. But this match is having the Intercontinental Championship back on the, the level it should be. And finally, that wasn't the main event, but it actually is the only women's match to, excuse me, the second women's match to make this. It was Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair for the Women's Championship. I look here, I spoke about this, 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 this match last week. These two had a good match. In an empty warehouse center. They had an even better match in front of a tremendous crowd. And they pulled out everything they could. And the right person had to win. And she won. So, I think, with that being said, that with rear exercising demons of Charlotte Flair, I think you don't actually ever need to run this back. They're way they will. But they don't have to because it feels like their story arc as uh, opponents has kind of come to an end. You know what I'm saying? And this didn't main event, but look here, it didn't have to. It didn't have the story. It the story was simple. Rhea won the rumble and chose Charlotte Flair. But it wasn't the story that Usos and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens was. It but it was a story they they've told for many, many years. So anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this month of, month of reviews. As I said, by the time you guys hear this, I'm I I've probably already mentally just been resting and relaxing i hope you guys have been doing the same thing um but we will be back with new episodes starting next monday with the new year um so that's pretty dope hope you guys enjoyed i'm so chemical this is i see things a little differently and we are out <laughs>